to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is September 18th. The action carries on in Rome, and folks, now we're talking. In terms of the results, we are starting to see some exceptional tennis played across the board from both these men and women competing as they try and get ready, of course, for the French Open, which starts in less than two weeks. I mean, it starts two Sundays from now, folks. The action will be here before we know it, and of course, we are all trying to absorb these clay events, make sense of the action that's happening, try and figure out what we are going to see as we build up towards the year's third and final Grand Slam, and of course, we will be talking about the actions we uh, the matches we saw today in Rome also want to talk a little bit of course about the challengers ITF results we continue to see so many of those happening this week as well and then of course I'll touch on some of the other storylines happening in the tennis world just going to be me steering the ship today and going to keep today's podcast on the briefer side as our cracked rackets team getting ready to host another cracked rackets tournament we are so excited for that in collaboration with our friends over at UTR at the ITA. Excited to see some really good tennis and, of course, be in that tennis environment. Usual safety and health protocols we're also used to in 2020. Everyone's got to be wearing their masks on site, different balls for the two players. Of course, we're going to be doing our part to make this a safe event, but there's just something as a tennis player. I know we all miss it, whether you're at the tennis club hanging out with your friends, whether, you know, when I, when you're younger, you're training with your friends so seriously, getting ready for your next high school season or whatever it may be, or you're at your local tournament as a tennis player, that's just an environment you get used to. Everyone's speaking the same language. Everyone's feeling the same energy. It's it, it, it's a comfort zone for me. I mean, that's why I'm doing this, right? Because I'm in too much in. I'm too in love with the tennis world. My parents probably thinking this. You know, they're hearing this. They're thinking they're like, all right, well, we're happy. He we knew he was going to end up in tennis somehow. Uh, I guess you know it, it's good for them that they're hosting this event. Anyways, this is a random tangent. The point is, we are really excited for this cracked rackets event. With that in mind, going to be keeping today's podcast on the briefer side. Of course, the reason we're able to do these podcasts day in, day out, the reason we are able to host the events like we do here at Cracked Rackets is because of the support we get not only from our Patreons, which we are eternally grateful for, uh, but of course from our friends over at Midwest Sports and Aerobar as well. Look good, feel good, play good. Midwest Sports, Aerobar, Cracked Rackets. That's the motto here. And we know you turn to our friends at Midwest Sports, you're going to have everything you need from an equipment standpoint, whether it's your rackets, your strings, your grips, whether it's your shoes, your shirt, your shorts, they've got it all. And their staff can help you find exactly what you're looking for, the best brands in the business and everything in between. And of course, if you go to their website, MidwestSports.com, you can use our promo code CR15, get 15% off your order free, two-day shipping on uh, all orders exceeding $75, and best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty tennis balls. And let me just say, uh, we are using Wilson Extra Duties for our tournament this weekend. We have the U.S. Open edition. They've also got the beautiful ITA. I think it's called a monogram. I believe that's the term for it. Anyways, it's got the ITA logo uh, painted on it. They're just... They're beautiful tennis balls. Really looking forward to them. You can get yourself a free can and so much more by turning to our friends at Midwest Sports using that promo code CR15. Of course, you can get your nutrition right. You can get yourself in a place where you are feeling good enough to get back out on the court, get back out and compete. And of course, these Cracked Rackets events wide open. So it doesn't matter your age. If you're feeling good, you want to come to Indy compete, you can. Uh, You can have the only tennis-specific energy bar in the business by turning to our friends over at Aerobar. Of course, more potassium than a banana delicious. 
delicious cinnamon honey oat and chocolate chip flavors. It's not going to melt in your bag. And best of all, it comes with a podcast, our Getting to the Point episodes, uh, of course, here each and every week. This week, we got the chance to talk with David Witt, the former coach of Venus Williams, current coach of Jess Pegula. That podcast can now be found on the Cracked Interviews podcast. We've made a pivot for where we're putting those because, of course, there's so much tennis going on in the world right now. Uh, But it's still an excellent podcast. You know, Jess Pegula playing so well right now. Why is she able to have the success she is? Uh, Go find out by hearing directly from her coach, David Witt, and go support our friends at Aerobar by going to their website, aerobar.com. You use our promo code CRACKED15. You'll get 15% off your order as well. Uh, Again, look good, feel good, play good. Midwest Sports, Aerobar, Cracked Rackets. Um, Okay. With that in mind, let's talk about some players who have looked good, who have felt good, and have certainly started to play good uh, over in Rome. Let's start, of course, with the ladies first and look at some of the results we saw on the day. And, of course, there were some funky ones. And believe me, I will get to the double bagel that is on all of our minds. But let's start with the three setters because there were three of them on the day. We got a fantastic U.S. Open rematch between Yulia Putin, Seva, Petra Martic. That was a round of 16 rematch. Putin Seva once again taking a, a big lead here on Martich, much like she did in their U.S. Open affair. I believe she raced out to a 6-3-5-1 lead over Petra, but you know this the, the two game styles these two play, it's always going to be a battle because both of them use so much variety. They're both very patient. Now, Martich, someone who wants to be more aggressive, who wants to move forward, play at the net, close points out there. Her backhand slice, also such an effective weapon. But Putin save has got every trick in the bag, and she's absolutely a grinder. Clay's been the best surface on her, in her career. Uh, she's made two quarterfinals at the French. She's such an adept mover on the surface, and she seems just so physically fit right now, does Putin save. And she tracked down everything Martich threw at her, and Martich really raised her level. She could have just happily gone away after being down to Putin save once again, but she didn't. And you can tell there's a little animosity between these two players, and I think it's just Putz's personality. She brings that out of every opponent because she's very spirited. She's very energetic. She's going to do things that frustrate you as an opponent. She's going to fist pump when you make an error because that's what her game is, you know, predicated on, on drawing errors from her opponents. And yet it's so effective and it was absolutely as effective as always in this match for Putin Seva. You know, she made 67% of her first serves, won 60% of those points, created 17 break chances for herself. Uh, just was all over the Petra Martic serve, really gave her a chance to win uh, herself to win both first and second serves gave herself a chance to win every point except for her own second serve points where Petra Martic sort of jumped on her but this was an exceptional performance for Yulia Putinseva who I didn't include when I talked about the 24 25 year olds right the Mertens Conteve uh, Sakari Vekic quartet but you look for Yulia Putinseva right now she's at number 28 in the world that's one off her career high of 27 which again that would be a career high she gets another win here in Rome as she did. Uh, to, well, she gets another win. She advances to the semifinals. She won her quarterfinal match. Spoiler alert, but big win for us over at GSP Ace of the Day. Anyways, uh, she makes it to the semifinals here. She's going to hit a new career high, and that new career high is going to be uh, number 26 in the world. So she's certainly playing the best tennis of her career and is 1,000% a name to circle depending on where she lands in the draw for this French Open. But a really good win for her. And for Petra Martic, yeah, you're bummed you lost this one. A second one 
in a row to Yulia Putintseva, a player who you feel like the racket's on your match if you're Petra Martic. Uh, the racket's on your match. The match is on your racket. Hey, great shot to me. Uh, again, we're trying to run a tournament here. Sleep is at a minimum uh, for our Cracked Rackets team, but nevertheless, a great result for Putintseva, and I still think Martic is exceptionally dangerous. You know, I've said we put a futures bet flyer on her at 25-1 to 1 to win this event in Rome. Obviously, that didn't happen, uh, but I still think she could really, really do some damage come French Open time. I'm not sure if she could ever win the event, but quarterfinals, semifinals, absolutely in the realm of possibility for Petra Martic. So, you know, great win for Putin Seva in this one. It was a high-level match. Uh, really, that you know, that second and third set was just really, really fun. So, uh, shout out to Yulia Putin Seva for getting over the finish line there. Another three-set winner who got over the finish line. It was a stay away for me just because I thought it was going to be a battle, and it certainly was. Coco Goff asking every question of former French Open champion Garbine Muguruza, but in the end, it's Muguruza. 7-6-3-6-6-3 advancing over Goff. Just had a little bit more pop than Coco Goff and was able to take advantage of the Goff second serve. I mean, this is the most concerning thing if you're Coco Goff. 15 double faults, 11 of 38, 28 or 9% win percentage on your second serve points. That's just never going to get the job done. And yes, she saved 8 of 13 point, uh, break points, which is really impressive. And, you know, you continue to watch Coco Goff. I think the positives will always outweigh the negatives for someone that young to make Make 61% of your first serves, win 73% of those first serve points uh, over someone as high of a quality as Garbine Muguruza to hold her to 18 of 41 on her second serve points. It was a really good performance from Goff, but you could just tell the the 10 years of added experience and added physical training that Garbine Muguruza had, it was the edge in the end. She just had a little bit more pop. She was able to draw the error. Goff not able to hurt e- uh, Muguruza as easily as vice versa, and so Muguruza is able to get over the finish line here. Now, for Coco Goff, I still think this is a really good result. I think she knocks out On Jabour again. I think a three-set loss to Garbine Muguruza. You hold your head up high if you're her heading into the French Open. If you're Garbine Muguruza, you're just happy to get a, a win against someone who's going to ask so many questions of you like Coco Goff does. And she's just trying to get her legs under her. She's someone who we know. She made the final of this year's Australian Open. When she's playing well, she's one of those players that can you know rip off a two-week stretch and win the damn thing. Uh, but a really good win for Muguruza. I was impressed with the way Goff performed. Obviously, some of the holes in her game, the second serve, the forehand, they continue to exist. But hey, we'll continue to say this as well. Get over it. She's 16 years old. Like, there are going to be growing pains when this is a fully formed Coco Goff, when she realizes, exa- you know, when everything in her game needs is where it needs to be. Uh, look out, Tennis World. That continues to always be the takeaway. Uh, and then the last three-set battle we had, you know, um, Svetlana Kuznetsova able to flip the script on Annette Kontave, 4-6-7-5-6-3. This is just juicy tennis, folks. I mean, it had everything. You know, good serving performances from both players, long points, physical points, exceptional shot making. This was a really high level. And for Svetlana Kuznetsova to go three sets in a row twice uh, now in this event after not playing any of the warm-up events, you look or not playing in New York either, you look for Kuznetsova now. Really good three-set wins over both Bernarda Pera, who's dangerous right now. She's the lefty playing so well. And Annette Conteve, now she has a really winnable match against Alina Svitolina, who did not look that great in her first round. But, you know, Kuznetsova, she's just going to work her entire variety. She's going to work the slice. She's going to move you around the court, do so many things well. Uh, 
And I think Svitolina, you know, she's certainly as physically fit as ever, but, you know, will she be match tough? Because her leg, you know, Kuznetsova is going to have heavy legs. There's no denying that. After five months off, you never know how your body's going to respond. Although I suppose she did play in Istanbul lost a three-set battle to Jeannie Bouchard. And by the way, that's a testament, again, to how well Jeannie Bouchard is playing right now, not to to rely too heavily on the transitive property, but, you know, it's not like Kuznetsova played that poorly against Bouchard. Now the next week she's beaten Conteve and Para. That shows me uh, Bouchard's level as well, right back up, right back in the mix for these top 50 spots in the women's game. Of course, there's so much depth right now. Anyways, that was a really good win from Svetlana Kuznetsova. And for Annette Conteve, she should have won that match in straight sets. And now that she didn't is a credit to Kuznetsova more than a, a, pro, a, more than, uh, a negative on Conteve, I suppose is what I'm looking for. Uh, and I'm still feeling very confident about Annette Conteve, but obviously a really good win for Svetlana Kuznetsova. Other winners on the day here, the rest of the matches, straight sets. Kasakina, two and three over Sinyakova. Vantrusova continues to roll. Good three and three win for her over Ruth. You look for someone, Kanta, really good win, straight sets over Begu. Uh, Polona Herzog, four and four over Kiki Burtons, which Burtons her first match back after the layoff. Does not shock me to see her lose to someone in Polona Herzog. She's playing really good tennis right now, so that was a really good win for her. And then the last match on the women's side, Victoria Azarenka, who's just a buzzsaw right now, who's just you know brimming with confidence. Every every step she takes, you're just like, oh my god, this she could do anything on a court right now. Every swing just seems so easy, so carefree, so relaxed, and it, it's producing a really high level of tennis. But you know. She double bageled Sophia Kennan yesterday. Six love, six love, folks. And Sophia Kennan, a top five player. It's the first time a top five player, I believe, has gotten uh, double bageled since I want to say uh, Sharapova in 2005 uh, at Indian Wells, or a first time a slam champion during, excuse me, uh, the same season they won a slam. No, I don't think that's true because I have this list in front of me. And so, in terms of some other players who had been knocked out O and O in term, and they had had big results that year. Uh, you know, uh, Vika Azarenka obviously knocks off Kennan here, but Cheng Wang did that to Yelena Astapenko in 2018, Roberta Vinci to Ivanovich in 2012, Lindsay Davenport to Maria Sharapova, 05, Capriati to Mary Pearson, 02, Hingis to Sellis in 2000, Graf to Tracy Austin, 94. You know, you can go back and back and back to Everett, uh, who got, did it to Tracy Austin. Everett's done it a couple of times to Barbara Jordan, Tracy Austin, and Martina Navratil. As always, Chrissy Everett reminding everyone just how good she was. And those facts, by the way, come from Jurset Maths uh, at J-E-U Set Maths uh, on Twitter. So thank you to him. But yeah, it was my it was an ace of the day of mine yesterday. I thought Kennan as an underdog, I kind of liked. I just so much tennis for Vika these past four weeks. And I thought to myself, okay, maybe at some point it comes to an end. And I actually think Sophia Kennan really good on clay when she's playing well. She did beat Serena last year at the French, but... I mean, all Vika. That's all there is to say. It was all Vika in this match. Kennan couldn't do anything. Her dad knew it. She knew it. And, uh, you know, we all got to see it. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes you throw a stinker out there, and that's what yesterday was. But shout out to Vika Azarenka, who just continues uh, to rock and roll. Those were the women's results. The men's results, pretty straightforward uh, yesterday. You know, only two three-cent matches. One of them, the deuce, knocking off Milos Raonic, 7-6-4-6-6-2. In a match that looked like you think deuce was able to keep all lows, extend the rally. You know, the deuce, I believe, wasn't he a finalist last year uh, when he lost to Fo- 
Bonini in the final of the Masters event on clay, whichever one it was. I believe that answer is yes, but another really good win for the Deuce, whom we always will love because it's one of the best nicknames in tennis. My favorite match of the day, though, belongs to my guy, Hubi Hercots, who I said I thought I really, if physically, if he could hold up, if he was feeling good because he played, you know, three set battles in his first match against, uh, uh, in his Dan Evans. It was a really interesting match against Andre Rublev, and I just thought Hercots could do more things on a clay court than Rublev. Rublev, you know, his plan A, he's going to hit through you, and he's going to do that every time, but Hercots is going to change directions on you. He's going to go down the line. He's going to throw in slice, throw in drop shots, serves in volleys, and takes balls early, uses his length to cut the angle off as opposed to, you know, standing six feet behind the baseline, but it's not this overwhelming power six-foot-six game uh, it's this finesse game. Again, just so many different weapons at his disposal. And it was a really good win for him over Rublev here in this match. You know, Hercot, 61% of his first serves go in. He wins 76% of those points, 54% of his second serve points. For Rublev, he was right there with Hercot. 60% of his first serves go in, 78-61 splits for him. Uh, the biggest difference in this match, Hercot's, uh 3 of 7 on break points. Uh, Rublev, 2 of 6. Hercot's just created that one more chance for himself. In terms of total points won, it was actually Rublev 87 uh, to Hercots' 84, but, you know, 8-6 in that first set tiebreaker. Hercots, it, it was the variety on display. It's the fact that Rublev, he's still, you know, that plan A is so exceptional, and I actually thought he did a really good job in this match of becoming patient, of playing a little bit more off speed and just slowing things down, waiting for the court to really open before he tried to open it up with an inside-in forehand or a down-the-line forehand, the things Rublev wants to do. Uh, but it's just not still there yet. Like, it's not quite where it needs to be. He needs to just get a little bit better at defense, a little bit better at off speed, because if he can with what he can do when he's going full speed, I mean, then the full arsenal is there, and it's just... If he can throw different looks at you, you're in trouble as an opponent. So shout out to, you know, again, it wasn't a bad performance. Again, this win had to do with Hubie Hercots, who plays so well, who's a guy along with Kasparud, and I'm still going to throw Christian Guerin in that list. Those are the three dark horses, right, in the same way uh, a Tennis Sandgren, a Riley Opelka was in the U.S. Open. Those are guys playing really, really well. And so, you know, right now for Hubie Hercots, he is up to number 30 in the world. That's two off his career high. Kasparud, right? now at number 32 in the world. That's a new career high for him, and that came after a win over Chilich today. Uh, So obviously, those are two guys you circle as players who can certainly make some noise as we get towards this French Open. Uh, Those were, again, that was the breakdown. I wanted to do some of the other winners on the day. Shout out to Dom Kopfer, Ugo Umbert. Two wins over two guys, Gael Monfils, Fabio Fagnini, who are still trying to find their footing here in the 2020 restart, but you know, for Kopfer, it's his first top 10 win. He now, uh, I believe, with this win, if memory serves me correct. He is into the top 80 for the first time. Those coming from at Alex underscore Borich, uh, my friend on Twitter as well. So, you know, it's a great win for him to follow up the Demon Hour win to get a win he definitely should have gotten over Gael Monfils here in a Gael Monfils who just, you know, again, is str- struggling to find his footing. That's a great win uh, for Kopfer. And I mentioned this on today's Ace of the Day. He's an underdog uh, tomorrow against uh, Lorenzo Musetti, or I guess today. 
I don't know if Musetti's done enough to make him a full-on favorite. I know really good wins for him over Nishikori and Stan, but Dominic Kofor's playing better than Nishikori and Stan, two other guys who are still trying to find their footing, and so that's going to be a really interesting match. And as I mentioned, Lorenzo Musetti knocks off Kei Nishikori 6-3-6-4 from at Luka Beck. Musetti's the youngest player to qualify for a round of 16 since Shapoval at a Masters event since Shapovalov did it in Montreal, the youngest on clay court since Rafa in Hamburg 2003 when Rafa was almost 17 years old. He also becomes the lowest ranked player to qualify for a round of 16 since Taylor Dent in Miami of 09 and the lowest in Rome since Corrado Baroni for 11 in 1995. Lorenzo Musetti right now number 249 in the world. Uh, so obviously we talked about the young Italian a little bit yesterday. He just continues to prove like, again why people should put some respect on his name. Why anytime you go to type a Brandon Nakashima tweet just put slash Lorenzo Musetti. Uh, because I know you're all thinking it. Um, anyways, that was a really good result. Two other young guys, as I mentioned, Denis Shapovalov, Casper Ruud, they both advanced to uh, the round of 16 as well. Uh, and so, that you know, those were your results. It was a really—and then Diego Schwartzman uh, straight sets over John Millman. So it was a really fun day of action. Of course, round of 16 day here on Friday. So many great matches across the board from start to bottom. You know, Berrettini versus Travaglia is the start, but then it's Halep Yastremska, Djokovic, uh, Krajinovic, the Deuce versus Nadal, Shapovalov, Umber, Musetti, Kopfer, Dimitrov, Sinner, Rude, Chilich, Schwartzman, Hercots on the men's side. For the women, you get Rybakina versus Putin, Seva, Mertens, Kovinich, uh, Azarenka, Kazetkina, uh, Kuznetsova, Svitolina, Muguruza, Kanta, Blinkova, Pliskova, as I mentioned, Halep, Yastremska, Vandrusova, Herzog, all 32 players left in the draw, all fascinating, all players to circle as we get closer and closer to this French Open. So hopefully we will all be tuned into the action in Rome. We will break all of that down, of course, tomorrow as we're going to continue to do weekend pods since we are also just so happy to have tennis back in our lives. Uh, Real quickly, I want to just talk quickly about a couple of other things going on in the tennis world. I don't think I said quickly enough there. It's going to be quick, folks. Quick, quick, quick. Uh, Obviously, shout out to a couple of winners, my college tennis guys. You know, Ryan Penniston, uh, Nuno Borges, Daniel the Cookie Monster, Kukerman, uh, they all continue to advance. Roy Smith continues to advance in their futures event. In terms of the semifinals in Rome, uh, or excuse me, the quarterfinals? No, we're now at the semifinals. Yeah, it's, oh, because these matches have now been played. Munar knocked out Menendez. Carlos Taberner knocked out Menendez. Machiaris, both of those people, you would have heard I had them on our win in the Great Shot podcast. Matthias Borg knocked off Yuri Rodionov. That was a stay away. And then Andahar knocked off Rodriguez Elvez. So, you know, those all players, Andujar, Munar, uh, Taberner, people just to circle. And even, you know, obviously Matthias Borg, as there are going to be French Open qualities. Um, <clears throat> important for these players to get confidence, get matches in before those events start. Uh, In terms of some non-result-oriented news, we learned yesterday the Fed Cup going to be renamed, rebranded the Billie Jean King Cup moving forward, and I think we can all understand that decision. Of course, if you want to read more on the thinking, the process behind that, you want to hear from BJK, uh, go check out Christopher Clary's article in the New York Times on the subject. Chris, of course, always exceptional with his work. A couple of other fun things down the home stretch. Well, I guess Let's get the two non-fun things out of the way, and then we'll get to the fun stuff. Uh, the ATP and WTA event in Moscow, the Kremlin Cup, canceled this year due to coronavirus. Obviously, that's so disappointing. That event was supposed to happen at the end of October. 
Uh, you know, for the ATP, they have a bunch of events scheduled, so they should be okay. For the WTA post-French Open, uh, that schedule is looking thin. So obviously disappointing to hear that news. Also disappointing, but not surprising uh, to hear Naomi Osaka with her hamstring injury. She's pulling out of the French Open, and, you know, th- I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, she put so much wear and tear over on her body the past three weeks. She's earned a vacation after what she showed on the hard courts, and of course, given all the uncertainty right now in the world, you can understand her hesitance to travel there while injured and just add everything on top of that. And, you know, just so you listeners know, I actually recorded a podcast yesterday for next week with returning champion here at Cracked Rackets, uh, my Tennis HQ co-founder, and of course, hitting partner for Naomi Osaka, my friend Caruso, where we talk a lot about her run to the U.S. Open, what this means moving forward. And I know all of you are going to enjoy that. But yes, he was equally unsurprised by the decision. And I don't think any of us who followed the sport closely are surprised because again, we have her future to consider. One tournament, one slam here in 2020. Uh, you know, uh, what? what's the expression here? A drop of whatever. Yeah, uh, It doesn't matter. The point is it's erroneous to uh, one piece of a 2,000-piece puzzle uh, that will be the Naomi Osaka career. That was a horrible analogy, but you get what I'm saying. And anyways, uh, let me get to some good news. Let me just get out of that. You can hear the crickets in the background. Hopefully you hear that. Those are real cricket, crickets. That's not a Westoff. They knew that joke was bad, too. Anyways, a uh, last fact for you all. Alexis Galarno, All-American out of NC State, a guy we had on the Cracked Interviews podcast, officially making the decision to come back to NC State for the 2020-21 season. And look, if NC State has Galarno already, you have to take them seriously. Made the first national indoors last year. All of these various things, wins over Texas, wins over Michigan, uh, it's a team to watch. And so as a college tennis fan in me, hopefully we get a 2021 season because a lot of these stars are aligning and it could be a really, really special year. So, you know, that's all the information. Of course, again, if you have missed any of the action, be sure to go to our website, CrackedRackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe, review this podcast, The Great Shot Podcast, Cracked Interviews, and Inside Out Podcast. Be sure to go check out our YouTube channel and subscribe there as well. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's at Cracked Rackets. If you want to message or DM me directly, I'm at Great Shot Pod. Shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fliegner and Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job they do day in, day out, making all of this possible. Uh, again, a shout out to our Patreon subscribers, as well as our friends over at Midwest Sports and Aerobar. But with all that in mind, for our wonderful, again, super producers, Max Fliegner, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, and all of us here. At both Cracked Records and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say, folks. That's the break. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.